How do you get a job working in an NBA front office? What do the Nets have to do to adjust? Can the Warriors be stopped? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to another B-Ball Breakdown live show. And it looks a little bit different this week because we have a friend of the breakdown, best friend of the breakdown, Eric Pinkus. <laughs> Eric and I go, uh, I mean, I, I, we go so far back. I don't even know if we had Twitter before, when, when we first met or not. Might not even existed at that point. But uh, yeah, Eric, it's very thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me on. Always uh, appreciate it, Coach, Coach Nick. And uh, thank you for having me on. I'm trying to think. I don't even remember exactly when we met, but it's been at least 10 years, if not maybe more man it's been oh yeah been we got on the court we were doing some shooting we we're trying to get better there i mean it's been i mean if it wasn't it had to be yeah probably 2011 2012 at least nine ten years so uh and it, if you ever need any questions on the salary cap and how contracts work eric is the man he writes for bleach report he also does something really cool with the uh, sports business class in Vegas during the summer league, which I walk by and see people coming out of there having spent, you know, 12 hours a day just absorbing <laughs> things. Uh, do you want to quickly talk to us a little bit about what that sports business of class course. is like? Yeah, sure. Uh, so uh, this is something that I've done for six years. This is uh, a project I got involved with Larry Kuhn. And if you know who Larry Kuhn is, he's like the godfather of, of the salary cap, at least teaching it. And, uh, it's a great program that's immersive and you're actually there at the gym. As you said, you're in the gym, you're, you're listening to great people uh, talk about how they got into the NBA. They're te we're teaching the like basketball operations. We're teaching scouting and analytics. We're teaching media and broadcast. And of course the salary cap, which is, you know, my favorite portion. And uh, what's really great about the program is that we help people get jobs. I mean, we've got two former students who are GMs of G League clubs. Like it's, it's not a joke. Like we for real get, we've got people with the nuggets. We got people with the, with the Spurs. We have people with the, uh, with the Nets. I mean, the Celtics, it goes on and on. So really just a, a great program. If you're interested, check out Sports Biz Classroom uh, or just search for Sports Business Classroom and just reach out to me if you want me to explain it to you or give give you an idea of what it's about. If you're looking to get a job in basketball, this is really the best way. And it's something that I put a lot of love into. So, uh, but that aside, Nick, uh, I appreciate you having me on. We've got some playoffs. Yeah. And again, the, the people that you bring in to discuss uh, the game and, and various expertise are all the top notch people. Uh, and there's definitely no question that, you know, I've seen and heard and met a lot of people who are very impressive who do this and definitely should check it out if you're serious about getting involved. Because people ask me all the time, like, how, how do you get in, into coaching? How do you get into the NBA? Whatever. Uh, this is a good way to, to begin because you're going to be rubbing elbows with uh, people who are already there. And uh, I, I, well, my impression of it from hearing from people do, doing it is how open everybody is, right? They are uh, they hand out their contacts. They are, they connect with people yeah. afterwards. It's a, it's a nice networking thing, too. Yeah, well, I mean, for sure. Like, we have a, a student named Buddy Scott who got to meet Mike Zarin at one of the things. Mike Zarin's basically the, the I guess he's number two uh, at, at Boston as far as the hierarchy chart. Mm -hmm. uh, and they just connected. And then over the course of a year, however long it was, when an opportunity came and they needed someone over there, that's that led to that relationship. So, yeah, a lot of people in the NBA, when they see Sports Business Classroom on your resume, it, it's like, 
they're, they know because we don't just accept everybody. That's, that's the thing. We're going to sell out eventually before, before the, it's going to happen eventually where we have to close it because we don't want to have like a thousand people. We want it to be, it's a small thing. Uh, last year, we only did about 60, but I think that was because of COVID restrictions. We're probably going to do in the neighborhood of 90, 100 people. And so once we get to that cap, that's that. So, um, and, and it's really to make sure that you're getting that kind of smaller classroom feel. We're not trying to be like a big college institution. We're trying to be like one of those smaller schools where you get a lot of hands-on interpersonal relations. Love it. And by the way, everyone out there, Combo is coming. He'll be here probably in a few minutes. He'll, he'll jump on when he's ready and we'll continue going. But I couldn't wait when I had a chance to talk to Eric. So let's uh, let's talk about a little playoffs, shall we? I mean, I know you've been probably watching this pretty carefully. Did you get a chance to see any of the uh, Warriors and Nuggets games, last two games? Yeah, um, I'm frustrated for the <laughs> for the Nuggets. You know, I mean, like their, their frustration and what's happening is palpable. And, and what they do with Jokic during the regular season, like he was able to carry that group and he may win the MVP because of it through the regular season, but that's regular season. And now we're in the playoffs and now you're, there's no Jamal Murray. There's no Michael Porter jr. And there's a talent gap outside of the top player. I mean, I, I love what Aaron Gordon's done on that team. I love what all those guys have done on that team for the most part, but like realistically they don't have, they just don't have the horses. They don't have the the depth right now. And, and uh, you see them, melting down and blaming each other a little bit. And it's just, it's disappointing. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because the, the narrative can shift and say, well, listen, this is, it's even more of a monumental job that Jokic did because we're seeing that this team, you know, really isn't a playoff team per, per se, but he, he will bend the 48 victories. And I don't want, I, I think he'll win it. I think he deserves to win it. I, I'm sold on all the different analytics that you want to use. Uh, MB deserves to win it too. Giannis probably deserves to win it. It's like, this is going to be difficult. And when, if, if Luca ever comes to the, into the season in shape, then he'll deserve to win it. You know what I mean? Like this is going to be a difficult for the next several years, uh, MVP award to, to choose from. Well, so like it's that debate of like is it the best player in the league or is it the most valuable player to their team and if you want to say most valuable player to their team then i think jokic makes a ton of sense yeah. if you want to say best player in the league now we have to have a different debate people want to say his analytics for someone else and the eye test of what he does but i mean i don't know it's kind of like when dirk won it it, it, it he he got the MVP. It was embarrassing because they had already been kicked out of the playoffs by the time they were handing him the trophy. So Ooh. it happens. Uh, he's a really special player. But, I mean, is he the number one best player in the league? But that may not be the question. It may be who, who's the most important player to his team. I know. And that's one thing that's, it confuses me every year. I just don't know what we're supposed to be choosing in that one. But I think the, the storyline that I'm actually preparing a video for for tomorrow, and I've got a lot of it done already, is this lineup that Steve Kerr run, ran out, which I had been asking or we've been hoping that he would run <laughs> out uh, at some point throughout the year. Uh, now that they're all healthy, when you have Draymond at center and then you go Poole, Clay, Steph and then Wiggins, all you know, four elite shooters, basically, uh, alongside the best defender of his generation, in my opinion. Sure. Um, the net rating in the in the you know it's like 11 minutes in two games is 120 something or other, um, but it's it's giving us the kind of basketball that I, I mean I don't remember seeing that kind of excitement and the ball movement and the and there's just the display of skill and shooting right I mean it's exciting. Yeah, I mean Jordan Poole has stepped into that really confident role where uh, I mean he, he he's last year he was I don't know maybe 12 13 I'm not looking at the numbers but he he got that time to grow and now he's taking that leap now where he's got that confidence of two seasons where they really relied on him to be a main guy and 
has really taken that leap. It doesn't hurt that it's also his, his year to get an extension. If he's going to get an extension, it happens this summer. And so, uh, like, Draymond is, I mean, I think the the unicorn name for Porzingis was sort of misplaced because, like, like he's a really big guy who can shoot. Great. But, like, we're in a league where a lot of big guys are, are coming in. And now, like, how different is... Porzingis from Bertans like yes they're different but like not outrageously different right mm -hmm. whereas name one player in the last 10 20 years like Draymond Green like is there anybody who can have that like undersized six foot six ability to defend I mean I I, I remember like Malik Rose trying to guard Shaq mm -hmm. he did a really good job because of that body strength but yeah. Malik was just that right whereas Draymond's like the quarterback of your offense right and well, he's that yeah, it's the guy from uh, the, the Pistons with the hair. Um, help me. Um, ben Wallace. Ben Wallace. But Ben Wallace had no offensive skills in, in comparison right, right. to Draymond. So you're right. This is definitely a weird thing. Heck, you know, Draymond hit a three. But that said, I, I could hit that three <laughs> with nobody standing around <laughs> right. me like that. Um, but, yeah, the way he orchestrates, I mean, he had some passes, but they had some cuts. You know, the thing also is that, you know, Jordan Poole, his development, who knows what it is if it's on another team. I would like to think that he would have developed like this, but the, I think the rapidity of it, if that's the right word, if the he he mm -hmm. he condensed that that development uh, without question because a he's playing in a, on a team that does a lot of movement cutting and, and value shooting, and then b he can watch you know Steph Curry. I mean, he's basically doing what Steph was doing you know years ago when he was much younger and much more energetic, right? Sure. Well, I think if Poole was on a bad team he would have been playing more minutes from the jump mm -hmm. and he would have developed good and bad habits. Right. right. And so you, if you're on a team that loses two, three, four years in a row, you might never become like a quality defender. And I don't think Poole comes in to the league as a defender. I think he's learned enough in around this environment. Like he plays system defense. He understands like Kerr is a stickler for how you're, how we're going to play. And, and you've got a guy named like Steph who isn't necessarily like, six foot eight right or he's not a six foot three eric gordon like eric gordon is about the same height but eric gordon's very strong mm -hmm. and there's still weaknesses within eric gordon defensively but with steph he's very slight yeah he's smart and crafty and agile and he does some things well um but you could see how pool fits in as not a bigger guard someone who can has learned these kind of habits and if you put him on let's say like like how Anthony Simons on, on the Blazers got the real chance to just be that guy and really blew up. He pool might've had that opportunity. I think he's probably a more well-rounded player having grown up in this system, grown up with real vets and real coaching and real um, mentors. So yeah, it's, it's great for him. I'm curious what this means financially for the, for the Warriors, how they make it all work, how they keep everything together. Uh but it's definitely, uh, I mean, who right now, if you're a Warriors fan, you should only be thinking about this playoff and, and okay. not worrying about tomorrow. Is Let's he see. Up for a, uh, is his contract up after this year? Well, so he has one more year, but this is the year that he can get an extension. And uh, I don't think they're going to give him an extension yet because I think, and I don't think he, I mean, if he can get a really good one from the Warriors, then he'll take it if they're giving him a lot of money. But if they're like, well, we're not sure we can commit that yet which given their budget, maybe they wait, then he'll be restricted the next year. So not oh. this summer, but the next. So he's, they're not in danger of losing him, uh, but they may not be ready to commit just based on just their financial obligations. Cause they're paying major money to Steph and to clay and to Draymond and Wiggins at some point comes off. And I think it works out 
around the time that pool's money would kick in. But okay. it, it's an issue. They've they've got a lot. They, they're the highest. They're they're the biggest salary team pretty much uh, always at this point. Yeah, right. And uh, but by the way, like they have a beautiful uh, future ahead of them as Steph and Clay start to fade out by bringing in you know uh, 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 Pool Kaminga. I still think that um, the center, uh, my goodness gracious, um, Wiseman. Wiseman, thank you, uh, is going to be terrific, an all-star. So I think that they have a terrific opportunity if they can keep this together to, to seamlessly move from one generation to the next and continue winning a lot of games. So, uh, but, I, but, that, but that's why you're here, because you give us that insight mm-hmm. we need uh, for the, the contract stuff, which I never consider. I'm always just thinking of the players in the court, sure. and when they put the, the uniform on, that's what they're doing. So um, anything else you want to uh, plug while you're here, Eric, or uh, that, you're, that you're working on? Well, uh, I have my most recent article. Uh, Bleach Report has been very uh, Lakers-focused. I write national stuff, and I, it's just a real national story is the Lakers flaming out and a lot of the drama that is there uh, as far as their future, trying to make sense of, like, LeBron can extend as of August 4th, and it's unclear if he's going to extend, and they – seem to be motivated to get out of Russell Westbrook. I was at, I was, uh, I watched the, uh, the exit meetings and mm-hmm. like Russ basically was non-committal about wanting to be there. Uh, yeah. Rob Plink, was like AD and, and LeBron. He barely mentioned Russ as like the future. LeBron mm-hmm. wasn't giving ring. LeBron didn't come out and say, oh, we need to bring Russ. It, it's clear that this is a, <clears throat> a, a divorce in the making, but how the Lakers actually achieve that is a big question, especially if they, don't get a commitment from LeBron because he does have just one year left and then he can be a free agent. So that's what I wrote on. I have an article that just came out. I think maybe this it actually came out this morning. So on, uh, I don't even know what date it is. Was it Tuesday? Uh, so <laughs> I have trouble keeping track of the days. Uh, but yeah, so check that out on Bleacher Report and of course, Sports Business Classroom. Uh, if you want to learn how I come up with all of you know the research and all of the 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 math that goes into it, understanding all the rules. And um, I have a Discord community as well. So uh, that's something that I, a, a lot of former sports business classroom students are in. Uh, just hit me up and I'm at Twitter at E-R-I-C-P-I-N-C-U-S. Uh, if you're curious about learning more about this stuff, either f- through me or through sports business classroom, I'll put you on the right track. But uh, well, I have an article on LeBron and all that. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much, Eric, for coming in here and breaking that down for us. And keep your eye out for Sports Business Classroom and uh, follow him on Twitter as well. And uh, please, we'll come on again. We'll just do this maybe later in the playoffs. Of course. Anytime. Thanks for having me, Coach. All right. Talk to you soon. I want to take a moment to ask you a question. Does your morning coffee routine feel subpar and stale to you? Have you been drinking the same old cup of joe every morning for years? Let Trade Coffee perk you up by injecting a spark into your daily lineup. Trade Coffee will deliver the freshest roasted beans, whole or ground, from America's best independent roasters. I love taking their coffee quiz knowing they have the technology to match me to my favorite coffee based on my preferences and brewing method. Their subscription was hassle-free. You can skip shipments, change your frequency, or cancel at any time. The first coffee I got was called Columbia, and I didn't know what to expect. But its complex flavor, with hints of chocolate and apricot, had me savoring it all morning. For all of you in the conversation right now, Trade Coffee is offering a total of $20 off your first three bags when you go to drinktrade.com slash bball. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Go to my link at drink.com slash bball, take their quiz, and start your journey to your perfect cup. 
All righty. Guess what we have time to add now? We got the com- combo, not the combo. We'll call you combo. This is not like this is you like Ukraine, not the Ukraine. Uh, what's up, my man? Doing well. Doing yeah, well. Asking about you, they're wondering where you were. I am here, Coach Nick. I am here. I actually had some leftover matzo ball soup today. Ooh. I played a little basketball. I'm feeling good, Coach Nick. How are you? My daughter, by the way, made the best matzo ball soup of all time. Like this broth was so complex and rich and had flavors. It was amazing. Uh, but good to hear that you got some of that and you got some playing in. That's I, I wish I could. I actually got in the court. Someone demonstrated to me a new kind of backboard, which will there'll be a, a video on it coming up at some point soon. So stay wow. tuned. Um, it's fascinating. They drill holes through the, through the backboard and it actually uh, softens it where you can now more easily score it, it would increase scoring and I, as far as i can tell it's the high school level it's legal you could use it and i think that it's just a question of getting the nba teams to do it so is it um, called is it called better bounce uh true bounce true bounce so okay true bounce correct so bat so play i don't know if you ever heard of dykeman park yeah they've been using that backboard for a very long time and guys even got to the point where especially guys who knew the court really well, they were shooting backboard free throws and guys were dropping like 40 and 50 out there. Oh, yeah. no, and they, and they knew how to get in the lane and use it in the right way, and they were just dropping 40 and 50. Oh, and I, I love that too. I don't even shoot that much, but I was like nailing bang shots from 15, 16 feet without having, you know, yeah. this is easy because part of the thing I like is that the holes that are drilled in there give you like another thing to a- aim for versus just a flat, you know, smooth backboard. It gives you more depth perception as well. So, but we're going to do a whole thing about that. And, and the guy that invented it had me out on the court and, and playing with it. So uh, that's what I was doing. But guess what? We already had some super chats we got to take care of before it gets too late in the day. What do you say? Let's we get it done. Brian Holiday with two L's. Thank you so much, Brian. That's is very generous. And it's a, it's a good question for you, Combo. Hey, Coach, I'm really into fitness. I'm wondering what kind of exercise program do you recommend for your players and basketball in general? to improve things like explosiveness and conditioning. Combo, you want to jump in on this one? I love Tim Grover's books, both Jump Attack books, the old school one and the newer one. I would highly mm-hmm. recommend those for just somewhere to start. I'm really big into jumping rope and hill sprints as well. Those are always major keys for me. And yeah, there's a lot of great programs out there. I know there's almost too many to shift through, so... Just to keep it simple, I would definitely recommend Tim Grover's stuff. I think the book is called Jump Attack, and there's two of them, an older one that was probably out 20 to 25 years ago, and then a newer one as well, and he puts out great stuff. Yeah, love it. I mean, here's what I'll say overall generally is the hips, hip flexibility is huge, mm-hmm. and you need to have uh, as much flexibility as you can in your hips. You need to have as much core strength as you can get uh, in the core. Uh, those are the two things where you don't need to be like bulking up and being huge and all the things we used to do with all the, you know, the arm stuff to get big. Uh, it really is about core and ability <laughs> to my mind. Um, that's really some of the keys to, to being able to then unlock explosiveness and then balance. Those are the things sure. that I think are really important. In fact, when I talk, when I, when I teach kids like how to run properly, they get better at a, as a basketball player without even touching a ball. Right. You know, and that there's even things like making sure you keep your arms in the, mm. in this plane versus, you know, sometimes kids run and they turn their trunk all over the place and they get all, you know, it slows them down. So uh, even little things like that, which, again, it goes to core and balance and doing like lunges. Lunges are a great exercise, right? A hundred percent. And any of those. Yeah. A- any unilateral strength training when it comes to the legs is great. Like lunges, split squats. Anything where one leg is front, because I really think, in my opinion, 
I mean, of course, you need both. You need the two-foot jump and the one-foot jump, but I really like jumping off one once I get in the lane, and I think it really trains you for that when you're doing, like, a lot of unilateral stuff. Also, you could load it. Um, you could – you don't need as much weight, so it won't be as hard on your back as doing, like, a squat because you need to really load a squat. You don't need as much weight when you're doing split-legged stuff. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I love lunar unilateral leg workouts. Yeah, sure. love it. So, I mean, Brian, I think that's pretty damn good for, uh, you know, on-the-spot kind of question there. Uh, so take all that, see what you can come with it, and let us you know, get back to us. Let us know uh, how that's going. But, again, um, what's exciting about the new training methods we have is that you can really just improve as a basketball player without even touching a ball. Like, you know, these are the intrinsic things that help you get better and move better, and that's, you know, a big part of the actual game of basketball. <laughs> So we have another one. Best friend of the breakdown, Varun, uh, just wants to give us a super sticker. I mean, thank you so much, Varun. He's been around since the beginning, as far as I can remember. And uh, I, I wish I almost wish you'd have a question for us because I want to be able to you know, interact somehow even more deeply with that. But thank you so much for that. That's really generous of you as well. Remember, if you want to um, you know, get your uh, comments at the top and actually have us answer it, Super Chat is the way to go. It's the only way to go. Every once in a while, we might grab one randomly through the comments, but otherwise, Super Chat's it. However, we do have a way for you to come on the show. And apparently someone was saying that the link was not in the description, even though I went ahead and pasted the damn thing. Um, I'm just going to hit this button here for a second to see why it's not. Oh, that's so fascinating. I hit it. Maybe I didn't hit save. Uh, I'm going to hit save now. So maybe if you refresh, the, you'll see it in the uh, in the in the um, description. But I will put the link to join the show in the comments. So join the show. Uh, and I'll hit that right there. So if you guys want to come on and chop it up with us, you can. Um, I don't know. We don't need to go the full time here because the games are going, and I know I want to get back to watching them. But let's let's give them a good, like, I don't know, uh, you know, 25, 30 minutes if we can uh, and, and knock some of these out. What do you say, Combo? Most definitely. I'm actually going to tweet right now that I'm talking basketball with Coach Nick. Oh, yes, do that. Uh, on the Meatball Breakdown YouTube channel so we could uh, let people know, you know. Right. And look at that. We have someone who wants to join right away that quickly. So we got Rafi. Let's bring him in, in here and find out what uh, what's happening. Hey, guys. Hey, hey. hey what's up? Oh, what's Rafi, up? what's up, man? How yeah, are you? Yeah, I'm back. I'm good. Back. I'm good. I, before we get started, I was just playing one of those uh, backboards with the holes in it Yeah. yesterday wow. on an outside court. It, it was plastic, though, which I don't know if that was like how all them are. It was weird. I don't know. Oh, I think they're all like fiberglass as far as I remember. Usually the, the real ones that we're talking about. But did you like it? Uh, I think it was probably the plastic, but I didn't love it. It was okay. it, it did seem like a knockout or something. So I don't know. Yeah. yeah um, and then are you guys Jewish? Do you guys celebrate Passover? I we am. Did. We are. Oh, I'm, me too. Me too. All right. Okay. Yeah, happy Passover. Happy into the basketball. Um, so as you know, last time I talked about the Celtics, and then there was this crazy game one. Um, Coach Nick, I saw your I saw your video on it. One cool. thing you didn't talk about that I thought was an interesting wrinkle was the whole like was the whole lineup thing with the with the Nets where they played like a, I I expected to see some Kevin Durant at the five minutes and they went mm -hmm. none of it. It was always had one of the bigs on the court and I I don't know if they're gonna keep that up, but I think that's a very interesting wrinkle, especially because like if you play Kevin Durant at the five. Daniel Tice cannot touch the court. He was not great in that game, but like, I yeah. don't know. I think that'll be an interesting. Well, like, that, that was actually what I, I tried to make. At some point, they were doing weird matchups where they ended up having like uh, Curry over on Horford at the end. And that cost them dearly because when you give up 14 offensive rebounds, not all of them were, were put back. So they got away with it. But in a game like that, that that's that close. 
you know, you don't really want to be giving up on, on personnel matchups. And so that, that was some weird stuff happening there where then they had Kevin Durant and Claxton on the, on the perimeter while, you know, poor Kyrie and Curry are trying to grab defensive rebounds. It was weird. They're going to have to fix that right away. And that was, that was what killed them on the second to last play with Brown, with both Browns, because you just had Tatum going away from the action with Horford and then Claxton and Durant are both pulled away. So all your rim protection is gone on the other half of the court. And then Brown, Jalen Brown can just go to work on Bruce Brown, and it was he was hopeless. There was no chance. Right. I I have to wonder if you know to protect guys like Jokic or even you know not to have um, Claxton get stuck all the way above three point line dealing with pick and roll coverage. You can pre switch that and have somebody jump in there and be part of that instead. But it it takes a lot of IQ. It takes a lot of communication. I don't think the the Nets have that. I think that's the biggest issue that we have right now. So uh, that that won't happen. And so they're going to have to figure out something else. But again, there's no way this is going less than seven games, right? I mean, I think it has to go at least six. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I think the the Ben Simmons wrinkle or the Robert Williams wrinkle could either way swing it to be a little less. Combo, Um, do you know anything about is is, is Time Lord coming back? Soon? I heard he is. Yeah. I mean, I had actually actually had Bob Ryan on the show recently, and he was talking about how that there's a good chance that he'll come back, that he's gearing towards playing again. So I think we'll see Ben and Robert Williams in this series. Oh, yeah. can't wait. Rob is um, the four weeks, which it seems like it's going to be, is game is game five. Exactly. Okay. So that's that, that's probably what it's going to be. Um, wow. Yeah. yeah and, and Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. Yeah. Um, so that'll be very interesting. I, I don't trust Ben Simmons to actually play meaningful minutes. He I do. Play basketball. He got a – he got like – He's been doing crazy stuff. He got a an epidural on his back like a month ago. I don't know if Brooklyn is like really being totally transparent about how healthy or unhealthy he is. Like I think it's really like a wild card. I think they're really holding everything under wraps. Who knows, man? That guy was probably playing five on five for who knows? Who knows? Who knows what's happening? <laughs> who knows? Yeah, that's true. Well, Rafi, we got somebody else who wants to come on. So you got you have anything else you want to throw out there? Sure. Yeah, I want to say um, uh, Grizzlies in five. Oh wow. wow. Yep. Four in a row? I think so. I think, think they're going to stop. I think they're going to go away from Steven Adams. I think Triple J is going to, you know, figure out how to be a little calmer. Um, and if he if he avoids tr- foul trouble, I don't think they lose a game. Like, I think the only way the Timberwolves steal another one is if Triple J gets in some serious foul trouble. And that's possible, yeah. but I, I think I think Timberwolves, I think Grizzlies in five. I, I certainly don't think that the Timberwolves had enough to, to over to beat them. Uh, you know, the Grizzlies are good. So, uh, but you know, that's interesting. I would probably say six, but you know, that's not that far off, but uh, that's interesting. A really interesting take. And, and by the way, they, they started the game right now. They're up three to two and uh, with nine minutes to go in the first quarter. So uh, mm-hmm. if they're going to do it, they better win tonight. So I guess we'll keep, we'll hold yeah. <laughs> and uh, you'll have to come back on and uh, we'll find out. Maybe we'll be on later, later this week and, uh, and we'll see if you were right. That's good. All right. Thanks, Robbie. Talk to you soon. Yep. All right. We got Anthony. Can you hang out for one second, Anthony? I see you ready to go, but we got a couple uh, super chats. We got to take care of because because we have to. That's what's helped us keep these lights on uh, and helps keep, uh, you know, Combo involved in the show here. <laughs> he loves the super chats. Flambo 123. What is the chances? What are the chances Giannis wins another MVP, especially since he doesn't want to chase them anymore? Combo. I think there's a good chance he could win MVP again. I mean, he has so much impact on both sides of the floor. I think if he wins a championship this year, he'll be in the mix next year because I think that does help him. If he, you know, we say it's a regular season award, but we always look back at the playoffs and see what people do. But I would say 
that my early prediction for next year's MVP is Luka Doncic. Oh, okay. He's going to come in uh, in shape this next year. I think so. I think okay. so. I th- and I definitely think that's the key. If he comes in in shape, it's great that you said that because I think that is the key that Luka Doncic will be next year's MVP. Right. And and by the way, the MVP is going to be the most difficult thing to have to vote for going forward for I think a lot of years. There's going to be three or four or five legit. Instead instead of like maybe two every year, you got to deal with. There's going to be mul- multiple multiple people that will deserve it. So, but as a result, I yeah, I don't think Giannis maybe he might not win it again. It's going to be mm. too so competitive now. Um, and maybe one day we'll finally figure out what the heck the award's supposed to reward. I, I still don't know what it's for. But somebody, either. you know, Coach Nick, somebody asked me on a podcast yesterday what it means to me, and I haven't put much thought into it. But to me, it's just who had the best season. Okay. I mean, I, that's probably what it is because it's, you know, if it's, it is most valuable, valuable per player on that team, then that's like a whole other thing, which I don't think it always applies to. So I'll go with that, but let's, why don't they just make it clear then, you know, either way, I don't know. Um, but that's a great question. Flambo. Thank you for, uh, for the super chat. Love it. And uh, I, I, I apologize combo. If I was casting any aspersions on you, I'm talking about super chat. So don't, please don't be uh, upset at me. Um, when I, whatever I was, I don't know what I'm saying. This is a live show. Um, but with Varun is back with another, um, uh, quick, um, uh, super chat. Thank you so much, Varun. You're the man. What, what do you think of Kyrie giving middle fingers? So I, I got a little bit of a viral tweet, although people were able to piggyback on mine and get a lot more retweets and likes. What the heck, what the heck, what's going on on Twitter for me, guys? Can you help me out here? I don't know why I'm not getting the, you know, 10,000 likes like I'm supposed to be getting, but, uh, you saw what Kyrie did, right? Yes, I saw it. I watched that. Corner, I mean, right? I, I watched that game, so it was hard not to see it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, and you know, someone had the actual, uh, you know, selfie or not selfie, or you know, whatever video from the stands. You really saw that he did. I kind of extrapolated from you could see like like that, and then he took it away. So, but you could really see it from behind. Uh, he's going to get fined. I, I didn't. Nothing came out today about that, right? I don't think so. I didn't hear anything. But yeah. does he care? Does he care if he gets fined? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, no, but you know, it's weird because you never usually want to let the crowd know that you're responding and that they're getting to you, quote unquote. Even though he played awesome, you know, it's crazy that he kind of had that type of emotion, but was able to keep up that type of production throughout the course of the game. It was just right. a phenomenal performance by him. Normally, what happens is yes, like you get out, you get out of control. You start taking bad shots. You start whatever. Yeah. That did not happen at all, except for the last play, though. When you don't run offense enough times, then you know you get in the risk of uh, you know the, the other the defense has something to say about it. Kyrie gets doubled, which I loved, and then didn't have to give it up, but then drove like back into the lane, back into the double team, and then that left you know KD out the dry with a terrible shot uh, that that led to the the most amazing pirouette of a shot we've seen. If you watch that play, they really don't run offense sometimes. They, I, I, that's the breakdown yesterday or today, whatever it was. What, what day is it? I don't even know. Uh, that's all we talked about was that like they just aren't running it, and like you don't necessarily need it. But like you know, I've seen that even in like the runs when the pros play in the summers, where uh, they hit a lot of amazing shots in these in these pickup games, right in the beginning. But even in those games, at the end when it's close. All of a sudden, those step backs are a lot harder to make, even though I know they're not like playing for anybody. And there's like maybe 20 people in the stands or in the gym watching. But there's something about that moment that makes it harder. And you can't just rely on those kind of ISOs. No, most definitely. It gets tougher in the end. And it was interesting because you think that the law of averages would have went against them just going ISO over and over and over again. But Kyrie was keeping up pretty well with it. I mean, he was really playing like – it seemed to be one on five at points and 
he wasn't really hindered by it. Like he just kept going at them, going at them, but he was playing efficient basketball. I mean, he was efficient basketball in the sense that he was just knocking down those tough, tough shots. Yeah. Everyone's running 50 K in the fines. It looks like he was fine. I guess I was okay. so busy working on my video. I didn't even see that for some reason. I didn't see it uh, either. I'm going to, my, I guess my, my Twitter is, I got to get it fixed. Uh, all right. We got Anthony. He wants to come on the show here and chop it up. What is up, Anthony? What's going on guys. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, yes, sir. Awesome. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. Good. How are you, Anthony? Good, good. I'm a fellow Warriors fan here. What do you guys think of the uh, – well, actually, I got two questions for you. So, last night, especially watching NBA on TV t on TNT, you had Chuck and Kenny and them fighting each other over how, they, how the Nuggets should guard the Warriors. And the whole time, I'm just thinking, think about the Rockets from a couple of years ago where they just decided to switch everything. So that split post action they run, the the um, you know the dr the drag stuff that they run, or you know, or the two screens that they run for Clay and, and Curry to come off those, they, they switched everything. So is that do you believe that is like really the only way you should be defending them, or is it just because like well then you have Jokic switching on to you know Curry or or Clay or or even Pole on the outside. Yeah, well, here's my take real quick on it because I'm doing the video right now and I'm focusing on the on the uh, Death Star lineup. But, um, you know, so the problem we're having is with uh, Aaron Gordon. He can't mm -hmm. defend. He doesn't defend that, that, that well, the cutters and the movement. And when he, and they're putting him on Steph sometimes. That, that's not good either. He doesn't get around the screens quickly enough to do that. So, A, yes, uh, what I would – so I would do is I would get him off the court and, like, put in, like, Bones Highland. You know what I mean? Go go smaller yeah. that way. I'm not a, the biggest fan of Austin Rivers, so it's like, go, go Bones. Um and then they have to do that pre-switching thing. Now, I don't know if they have the, the, the fundamentals defensively to handle that, but they got to be able to get Jokic away from being part of the pick and roll so they can switch it without a problem. There are ways. Jokic probably isn't quick enough, you know, uh, not laterally. What's it called? Up in, what's the other? What's Vertically. The Vertically, I guess we'll use that word, you know, um, backwards and forwards. Oh, backwards because and forwards. if he could be better, then he can kind of stunt while the guy is still trying to get around the, the screen and uh, and maybe, like, you know, get him to come a little into the mid-range. And then they're okay with that to some degree and get a hand up. Mm -hmm. But he's he's not, you know, quick enough. That, that happened um, – well, I, I guess Clay just blew right by him on one. Yep. It was one on one. Yep. But I would, I would envision him if he comes up higher. I, I think, I think Steph did it. Steph got him. Uh, he came up to the three point line, and Steph just went right by him. There was no rim protection. He got an easy layup. So, so you can't have him up that high. He's just going to get destroyed. Um, so that's the key. Is I think they'd be able to get him out of that action. But the Warriors are relentless. They're not gonna, yeah. they're not gonna stop attacking well, I, that. I think one of the main, the, the interesting things that when the Rockets gave us trouble is that they were denying that pass off the screen entirely and forcing us to go back door into the kind of the teeth of the defense where we weren't as good as finishing there. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, Curry's been better over the years, but not, or even Clay, not as good as finishing. Now, Paul, on the other hand, is an excellent finisher at the rim. So that may not work against him, but instead force us to try to go back door and maybe catch in the middle and shoot a contested mid-range versus these either wide-open dunks or wide-open threes. Like, make us choose something. I hear you. And, and and they've also, I feel like they've gotten better at, like, uh, flare screens and skip passes, which is one other thing that kills those switching defenses because you can then set screens behind the guy and he's not ready for it. And then you're, the ball's over his head and he's not, you know, you can't, you can't contain that uh, very easily. So that's another thing I do against, like, switching defenses that really seems to help. Uh, and we've seen a lot of that action too, which is nice. Uh, the favorite thing I did, I, I'm not even sure I clipped it yet, is um, 
you know, the, oh, you know, I still forgot to hook this up, but um, the, uh, the, the Nuggets do an interesting thing where if it's a pick and roll on one side, they'll bring the guard who's guarding the person in the weak side corner all the way around to pick up the role man. And what the, the Warriors did was there was, that means there's one guy uh, that was Jeff Green on the weak side to cover the, the corner and the, and the wing on the weak side. If you can picture this, go bear with me. And they screened him, which is usually you don't often see that. And they skip it. And it was wide open for that was the, the clay bucket, right? In the clay. Corner. Yeah. So um, like there's a real, a, and I, I've seen that rotation before bringing the guard all the way around the corner, all the way from the weak side corner, all the way to the other side to, to pick up the role, man. That's probably a European thing combo. Yeah. Might- I think, I, I think part of the problem too, is like they ran that pick and roll with Draymond on the left side where it was empty. Yeah. So once he came off the pick and roll, he was open. But since that that, that bottom guard, the weak side guard, came across, then mm-hmm. Porter set the screen in the corner and hit Clay for that three. Absolutely. So I think it was a very interesting setup for the by the Warriors. Uh, I loved it, and and it was almost like I mean, there must have they know that was going to happen because that yeah. was that mm-hmm. screen on Green wasn't random. Like sometimes yeah, it's a pre screen screens. But yes, it looked like they were ready for that, and that was. And it, I talk about the execution was impeccable. They probably won't execute that well again. But that's like that was an all timer <laughs> of a game. Uh, the thing I also noticed about the Nuggets, they're having trouble on offense. Is the spacing is bad. Where sometimes on the on the, when um, Jokic is getting the ball on top, th- there's a guard up somewhere near there where like the, that guard can kind of dig and move their hand around and kind of bother Jokic from behind a little bit. So he's not as comfortable as he would normally be operating. They got to clear that out and give him more space so he can really go to work. But uh, they'll be. Tra- Trading three, you know, his twos for their threes, and I don't know how that's going to work. I mean, I don't think anyone thinks that the Nuggets are going to win the series, or you know, won't be close. <laughs> yeah, yeah, combo, jump in here, please. I think Jokic is struggling on offense because he's working so hard on defense. Uh, mm-hmm. They got to, they got to find, as you said, they got to find a way to get him out of action on defense. But it's tough when you're anchoring a defense as the big, right, to make that happen. Oh yeah, it's an, listen. Basketball's a hard game, and they need him to do everything across everywhere. Exactly. And he's not, you know, it's just it's too hard for almost anybody to do. Like, I mean, David Robinson or whoever wouldn't be able to to handle all of that. I don't think either, and, and still be as good as he was. So, um, you know, they they just need you know Jamal Murray. They need uh, MPJ. Uh, is there anybody else they're missing? Jamal Murray, MPJ. No, that's about it. Yeah, you know, listen, Austin Rivers is is not the answer. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I was I was I was I was never very high on Austin Rivers' game, no. but I would say that Draymond Green is the best defensive player in basketball. I don't care who won Defensive Player of the Year, and I actually had Marcus Smart as Defensive Player of the Year because Draymond didn't play enough. But yeah. Draymond Green is definitely the best defensive Agreed. player in basketball. Absolutely. He's making Jokic expense so much energy. So la- last question for you guys, and I'll, I'll give back to the board. The Nets. Celtics game, obviously wild game. Um, one question I had was down the stretch on that last possession where Kyrie got doubled and KD was forced into a, a tough shot. Um, I noticed that they had it seemed like they had Bruce Brown and Claxton in that lineup. Mm-hmm. Now that just seems like it makes it so much easier to double Kyrie, given that those both those guys can't shoot anywhere outside of you know a few feet. Why wasn't say Seth Curry out there instead of Bruce Brown in that position, or, or Patty Mills, right? Patty Mills, or Mills, or Mills, run. any shooter basically to spread yeah. the floor a little bit more for Kyrie. I mean, they, obviously they're doing it because they like him for defense, and they, and Bruce Brown can get the short roll when they blast Kyrie, you know. But they weren't like blasting Kyrie to give him the short roll anyway, and Kyrie probably would not give it up there, right? In that situation, he might not do it. So uh, you're right. Uh, I mean, I, I get it on the one end, right? But like you're on the other end, it's it's made it a lot harder. Um, 
And without any calling timeout, like they wouldn't have been able to sub him in on the, on the you know, in between possessions. So that that is tough. But I, I do do think that they're going to have to fight fire with fire and get more shooting out there and letting Mills, you know, Mills has been not getting a lot of playing time recently. I feel like am I crazy? Well, I feel like they were running so much offense and Katie was forcing a little bit in the first game. I think they could definitely get some better ball movement. So even when those guys were on the floor, they weren't being utilized well. Right. And Katie won't shoot that poorly again. And that means the Not game won't be so close. So and, No, and, and I think, like, isn't that kind of a good look for the Nets? Like, Katie playing that bad and the game being that close? Yeah, that would be encouraging. I, yeah, the Nets, yeah. And, the, man, it will be devastating for the Celtics to get a taste and, and feel, like, really good about themselves. And then and then the door shuts. We'll see. But uh, it's got to be a deep series. I really hope it is. Yeah, I mean, they were, they were on the road. And it really just came down to one play. You know, Claxton doesn't miss those two free throws either. That hurt Mark a little bit. Mark like, is smart. What a smart play by not yeah, shooting Yeah, great play game. by smart. Like, yeah. normally he would shoot that, right? Yeah. He, he's I think, kind of I, I, honestly, I think most players would. Well, I made that connection. You know, they they that same play happened in the third quarter, and in the video you'll see it. I I probably should have mirrored it because it was literally the same thing with uh, Jalen Brown getting in the middle and then kicking it out to him on the weak side. And he shot it in the first one in the third quarter and missed it. And then they actually got the rebound and went back, and then he got another three and was the same spot, and then he made that one. So in his mind, he might have felt like, oh, I remember I did miss this one on the first kickout in the third quarter. And, uh, you know, because, again, there really wasn't any time. And imagine if imagine if he does that and he throws it and the, the clock expires before anybody gets a shot off. Then Mar- then Marcus Mark gets to be, you know, the the uh, the foil here, and, uh, and I get to be vindicated for all my Marcus Smart slander. But uh, I will say I, that he has really changed his game around. And there's nobody happier than me to see that. I know you love Marcus Smart. He, <laughs> he's, he's, um, he's, getting, he's getting me better, uh, liking him more. The other thing I feel good about the Nets, too, is like, well, is Al Horford going to give you 20 points? Probably no. not. Is oh, Marcus well, Smart going to shoot that well? Yeah, well, maybe I'm not. not but, but I, I, don't th- I don't think so, though. But Al Horford is moving really well. That's he is. Thing. It does help him to have the days off, too, in between as an older yeah. vet. But yeah, I, yeah. I just don't buy that he's going to be that good and Marcus right. Smart be that good, and they have to win on a buzzard beater. Like, yeah. I feel pretty good in my spot. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Anytime. Thank you. All righty. Let's get back to it. All right, so what do you say? We, uh, it's uh, maybe like, you know, we'll, we'll, five more minutes. We'll kind of get back in this one. Let everyone get back to the games. Sounds uh, good, Coach What Nick. else do you want to talk about? I think what made this series so interesting is that the Timberwolves won the first one. I think that makes this series kind of like a crazy series. I know Rafi came on and said – Memphis is going to win the first four, but that to me makes it the most interesting series out of them all, maybe outside of the Celtics and the Nets. Uh, yeah, I got to get my eyeballs on it. I want to watch more. I watch a little bit of it, but um, I, I definitely want to get a, a bit of better feeling for it because, again, in my mind's eye, Memphis is just it should be too tough. Um, I don't like, you know, the thing that what's this, um, the cat is going to have to really work on is his emotional equilibrium. He's just he lets everything bother him so much, and it just it clearly affects his game. Uh, but meanwhile, Anthony Edwards is the guy. He's the man. Um, it's his, his team now. He is the Michael Jordan to be next, you know, next coming. Um, and that's going to be exciting to watch. Just him go go at it and 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 can continue to to get better. He has been getting better. I mean, going into the draft, this is a while back. I told everybody this guy was going to have the most superstar potential out of everybody in that draft, and he's proving it, man. And the athleticism, the skill level, the magnetism, he has it all. He just has it all. And and as you know, I think he's a future MVP. 
Yeah. Um, uh, oh, future MVP. Interesting. Again, th this MVP race thing is going to get harder and harder to deal with. I mean, there, there must be some notion to like pace and like, so everyone's getting these gaudy stats now because everyone's going up and down so quickly. So that could be part of it as well. Um, we got to do something with defense. Defense needs to get better right now. It's like, it's just, it's just so much offense at this point. And I like the fact that they're the refs let them be a little bit more uh, physical in the regular season now. Like, by the way, everyone should be used to that. And they're still not. They're still complaining about calls. Uh, I Do I need to really go through the uh, the Toronto and Philly game? Because everyone, the Toronto fans were just freaking out. And I saw some of the clips. I'm like, uh, those are those are fouls. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, it's funny. I This is kind of random, but actually not random because we're talking about Anthony Edwards, but I was watching an interview of his and he would say he's the best defensive player in the league. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> yeah. Aspirational, nothing wrong with being aspirational. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. I love the confidence. I love his interviews. I think he's just like so honest and he's true to himself, man. Right. Yeah. Well, and can you believe that through one of those interviews before the draft, like people wanted to question whether or not he was like good at basketball. You know what it is? He's just so honest. He's not going to give you the politically correct answers. So people kind of took that the wrong way, you know? I know. And I remember kind of scratching my head saying, like, why Why is this? This isn't the thing. But, like, you know, uh, but I, and I'm not going to say, oh, I knew he was going to be amazing. I didn't. I don't know what I thought about him at that point. But I just thought that is not the indication. Like, okay, does he express that he has other interests outside of basketball? Basically is what he was saying. I'm like, okay, that's great. Like, he should have those. So, you know, yeah. that's that's going to be interesting. But we're getting some really good, you know, just some really good matchups that will hopefully continue going into the future that will have some like iconic superstars going at each other, guarding each other. I tell you, Tatum and KD are guarding each other a lot. This is amazing. A lot of times they hide it. They don't do that. They won't match up that way. Um, that's exciting. And uh, down the down the line, we got um, Anthony Edwards having to shut down Ja. And yeah. That was really exciting as well. Uh, hopefully they'll go to that earlier. Um, even though they end up winning the game anyway, I think it would, it would, you know, they might give them a better shot if they do that. So that's another interesting, uh, oh, here I got, here I got a quack. I got a question for you, coach Nick, who right. has more top end talent, Minnesota or Memphis top end talent? Well, I probably Memphis, I would say Memphis, but you know, so you don't think with D'Lo cat and Anthony Edwards, I mean, obviously you have Ja. You have Jaron Jackson Jr., but yeah, I, might, yeah. I, I, I might take those three above. Dylan Brooks, um, Dylan Brooks is not on the level of talent as a D-Lo, Cat, or yeah, Anthony Edwards. I would say he's on – yeah, I mean, I would say like, he's up like, like offensive talent, you think? I mean, he's you know, he's kind of like that 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 glue guy who can kind of do a lot of everything and keeps them together. But, you know, I think he's really, really solid. But, you mm -hmm. know, and D'Lo is really, really solid. I suppose D'Lo might have the have a, have more potential to like go off in a game um, versus right. Dylan. So that's that's one thing. But um, you know, I don't know. You're right. It's probably they're probably very evenly matched. So um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, look, Memphis has been the better basketball team all year, but I don't know. I think Minnesota might have that top end talent, but I do think Memphis will win the series. Eventually. We'll see. They, they lost the home court advantage, so we'll find out if they can get it back. Um, well, listen, Combo, I think we got some games to come by. All right, what are you thinking about? So right now, I'll give you the update on the scores. Uh, the Heat have taken a 13-point lead over the Hawks with a little bit with midway through the third quarter. I'm kind of bored watching the Heat, but I feel like they're just going to take care of business and win this game anyway, right? Heat culture, yeah. They're going to win that series pretty easily. I mean, they're locked in. They're prepared. They're ready. And Hawks have been not so good all year. I mean, it's going to be hard to just like kind of like change their whole culture 
and beat a team with so much culture, no pun intended. I mean, it is heat culture, right? So yeah. I think it's just going to be tough for them in that series. And right. the Heat are locked in. They're tough. They got really good veteran players. And this is not the series for the Hawks. But, you know, Trey Young will probably go off and win them a game. Yeah, I hear you. And John Collins is back, but they don't have uh, yeah. Pella. So they're just not firing at all cylinders. We have a close game so far right now with the uh, Grizzlies and the Timberwolves. Grizzlies are up by one, 24-23, with three minutes to go in the uh, first quarter. So, again, a nice tight game. Uh, I can't wait to get my eyeballs on that one. And then we have the nightcap, which I think is just going to be, uh, you know, another one of these Suns going away victories. Most definitely. Most definitely. It's all interesting. I think it's been a great playoff so far, and it's going to get even better. So are we, we're going to do this again later this week? I'm thinking – do you want to talk about this off the show? So we don't want to promise anything right, right. right now. Well, I'm yeah. busy Thursday all of a sudden, so I can't do it Thursday. Um okay. I got to hang out with the former NBA player, which is going to be very exciting. Uh, watch some games, but um, but but we'll figure it out off, off there, and we'll, we'll I'll tell everybody on the community tab on YouTube. So stay tuned for that. Don't miss the video that I dropped today uh, on the uh, Celtics. Don't miss the video that's coming up on this uh, Death Star lineup for the the Warriors. I think tomorrow and uh, whatever happens tonight, we'll cover that. And I'm I'm only one man, but I'm going to try and get to as many as I can. Hey, hardest working guy, show business. That's me. Um, all right, Combo. Well, thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you all for it out there. Awesome super chats. Awesome conversation from the guests. Uh, and just keep your eye out for whenever we go live. We'll be doing this a lot more throughout the playoffs and uh, and beyond. So don't forget, sports fans, at people all break down. Not a channel, we're a conversation. You in? Are you in, Combo? Oh, no. You just talked about my ending. What were you going to say? I was like, it's playoff time. I got to count faster. But <laughs> All right. Well, are you in? I'm in.